2: All right, guys, welcome back to Rick Shields Golf Show blah, 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 blah. podcast, yep, episode 84.
1: Nice. Nice save.
2: Uh, thank you. I'm Rick Shields. I got my name right this time, at yes. least. I'm here with Guy. I'm here yes. with uh, a guest as well, Peter Finch. Hey, how we doing? I'm all right. Thanks, Pete. This is like, we've just sat down 55 minutes and and gone through all the all the the controversial, the, the open topics, we've, we've bared all, I feel like we've come out of it in a much better place. But that's, now, that's interesting we're going to go that. back... Yeah. <laughs> But now we're going to go back in and uh, have a little Peter Finch proper podcast. Okay. So Pete, explain to the audience like how did I? I want to go even back back because I, I don't think I'm massively know story. Like how did you even get into golf in the first place?
3: Um, Dad introduced it to me, but I was how old? old? Um, about twelve, thirteen. Well, no, to be fair, probably a bit younger than that. But I didn't really start playing until I was thirteen because I All was right. just always more into me football. And your
2: dad played for a lot of his life yeah did he get on did he get into it early
3: um no not so much i think he was like 20s as well oh right, okay so he was just at a local local club in preston like what, well,
2: what got him into it do you know i'm not sure no because normally sure, it's just family,
3: getting into it really getting, i think maybe get away from the family i think um <laughs> but no nothing um nothing specific it was just it was just another for me and it was just like another sport to play Like yeah. i played loads and loads of sports as a kid. And football was always my favorite, and then I got good enough at golf for that to kind of warrant more of my time. Yes. And then I got injured playing football, and then I couldn't play golf. And I thought, well, I'm actually missing golf. There's yeah, a yeah. And football. So I then just carried on from there.
2: What other sports? Football, golf, anything else?
3: Oh, I played
1: cricket. I can imagine
2: you'd be a cricketer. Yeah, I
3: was good cricket. Rugby. Um, rugby. But Preston's not a massive not, rugby town. Not where I,
2: I not where I lived. It was big where you so lived. Helen's is big. Yeah. See where I lived. Rugby wasn't it was hardly even a thing, really.
3: Nah, nah. So, it was, yeah, it was football, cricket, hockey—I was decent at. Um, Badminton—I was, I thought I was good at until I actually played someone who wasn't. That's good. the thing with badminton: <laughs> uh, is you play
1: someone that's good, and you're just running round like an idiot. And then, yeah, I just—I just played everything. To be fair, you
2: know, you know, a sport I never got into: tennis. Like, T- I feel like I never really got into tennis.
3: No. I was awesome. Everything apart from serving, which is the most important thing. As soon as the it's ball went above hard, my head, yeah. literally lost my mind. You do not. Underarm, I'll, underarm serves. Honestly, every time I played, it ended up being just like underarming it over. So yeah, Can't get it.
2: So thirteen, you, you got, into, got into golf, kind of a bit of football, and you kind of obviously shifted more into golf. Like what was 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 a young Peter Finch at thirteen to fifteen was he a good player? Mm, so. Right. Remember, can,
1: can you remember your clubs? I always like to know what people's, cl- like, first or... Are your first clubs or the first ones that you remember getting and absolutely loving or I, wanting?
3: I remember my first clubs were, like, uh,
1: Housen, Derby yeah, and twos. I you say Housen then, yeah. yeah it was right Housen and Hippo, wasn't there? Yeah, Housen with the Oh
3: yeah. I, I always regret. I should be playing them still now. <laughs> the I imagine. Yeah. frothing at the mouth, I'm that excited. Um... House of then? I remember getting when I started to get decent. Got some ping guy threes. Oh, nice. I went down to Gainsborough to get fitted, but I just had a lesson before I went fitted, and for whatever reason, the pro was getting me to stand mega tall with like my hands really high. She went up upright. Yeah, so I got fit for like three degrees upright clubs. Like green dot or whatever. It yeah, been, like what fifteen year old? Yeah, and I was. Like, you go into him, son. <laughs> it was just it was completely ridiculous, and that like just put me back for about maybe a year and a bit. But yeah, I think those are the clubs I really remember.
1: Did I have at college? Were you in, were you into the Jay Linderberg? Feel like scene? you were
2: ping at college. Yeah, I always feel like you were a ping kind of iron player, definitely. Yeah. You right. probably grew into those ones that you you played. Yes, yeah, so, so <laughs> were,
1: were. You like Rick? Were you into Jay Linderberg stuff as a kind of junior into eighteen, nineteen age? Or you know, nah, nah, I could very much I just,
3: couldn't afford, couldn't
1: afford it. for a <laughs> Were this there? It was. A, I remember that era though. It was like golf fashion really went a bit wacky. It was all the white belts. It was like yeah. coloured pants. It was. Very I can only, only
2: afford the twenty-five pound sweatpants. It wasn't like I was fully. To be honest, I did have quite
3: a bit. I was quite yeah. fortunate. But on Von Dutch's. Bon bon Dutch, on Dutch mafia. That was good. That no. back in the day. Do you feel, God, I don't. I feel.
2: If I remember a Pete. So, so I want to set a scene, and, and have you ever talked about the first day at college when you met Pete? Well, just the first day of going to college. So, we. No. So, uh, I think a lot of people know, but we went to college. That's the first place we met. Sixteen years old at a college in preston which mm-hmm. you were quite lucky because you lived so close didn't you
3: oh, i had to get a bus in there oh really with his golf clubs <laughs> not a great bus guy
2: so how long was it about a half an hour journey
3: yeah yeah yeah. so but it was on a preston bus with a walkman <laughs> so it felt like an hour
2: so at 16 i was probably about an hour and 20 away from college so i lived in monday to friday
3: mm-hmm. loved it do
2: you, do you regret not living in
3: I do, yeah. In, in, I do in some respects, and in others. like I never would have like, got through college if I'd have lived in, so I wouldn't have ever <laughs> well, gone to anything. Great,
2: did I great, um, For me, I turned up first day, this might set the scene, and i can you remember what you wore first day when you went there? No. Well, I had. I remember it vividly, right? Go on. You're full in your face. I like, just going sure. to be horrendous. So, a black polo. Good start. Okay. Strong. But it was a Burberry black Ooh. polo. So it was, was a
1: so little hint somewhere of Burberry?
2: Not little hint. It looked like someone had thrown up at Burberry. So all the collar with Burberry check, right. the wrap around of the of the arms, oh, yeah. the button down that was, was it genuine? Uh, yes. Fifty-five quid I paid for that. Um, what else did I, I? I might have. I might have had a Burberry hat as well. Did I you know. have an earring? Any point? Two, oh. two earrings.
3: Yeah, so I I didn't Two really know Rick earrings. to begin with. I kind of thought, well, he's someone to stay away from. What the hell?
1: Yeah, I
2: I definitely went with this idea. I'm gonna set a, I'm gonna set a statement early. I think for me, I was quite quite not dead shy at school, but I was like never one of the super popular boys. But I was kind of I I, I got in the football. Our team. Times have
1: changed. I got in the
2: football. Not really. I got in the football team, so I always felt like, well, at least I feel like I'm top maybe eleven. Did you really? In what yeah, position? Yeah. Uh, Left wing, weirdly. Even though I wasn't really left footed. Mm. (coughs) I I was famously, and this probably would, I think a lot of people would know this, kind of understand this story because of the stuff I've said on the podcast in the past. famously, I uh, was most known for doing the, most horrendous tackle on a lad from a different school. Nearly broke his legs and I got sent off. But I went down as like a hero. Did, did
1: you put your collar up like with an Eric Cantona vibe? Probably, I feel like you yeah. could have done I Got yeah. sent off from a school match.
2: That must have been a bad tackle. It was horrendous. And what's weird, this is dead strange, I don't know why I'm saying this on the podcast, that lad that I tackled right, I kind of weirdly had some beef with him, I don't know why. So I tackled him at school, nearly broke his legs, got sent off, right? And it was middle of the pitch. It wasn't He wasn't going to score, but somehow I got hailed a hero. <laughs> Uh, about six months later we were playing football again in like a local park and he was kind of a local lad He was at the side on crutches yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, uh, he was playing again right sitting there with a blanket over his legs <laughs> <laughs> and weirdly i don't know why i decided to have another go oh, I but this yeah. time karma came back at me so i went to slide right and nearly took his legs out wet pitch it was great but what I hadn't noticed by but it was like a it was like near a bush, kind of like a fern bush, and like a branch had fallen down with a really sharp oh prong sticking out of it. Absolutely sliced my leg. I've still got the scar to this day. I'll try and
1: Rick's just getting his leg out for the people listening at home. Rich just getting his leg out to show right, Pete. Sorry.
2: This is the scar I got.
1: Christ, get on the table now.
2: Oh god, yeah. From that famous tackle. Oh wow, that's a proper one that. So Oh, there you go. I, like, I actually tell my kids it's where I dodged a bullet. Of course, back in back in the day when I was, you know,
1: don't the know mean what streets I was doing. in Bolton. <laughs> so anyway, um, but how did you dodge a bullet if it went in your leg? No, not it, def- like,
2: sli- it like sliced past. Right, okay. That's what I tell the kids. Yes, I'll course. have to tell them one day. It was actually Dad just being an idiot trying to slide tackle a lad. Yeah. What's weird to the story? Oh, it's strong to tell your kids that
3: already. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what this is to be afraid like. to go outside.
2: <laughs> this is. They think he's right. This is the mad part of the story. Is this lad? I nearly broke his leg twice, right? He might actually listen to the podcast weirdly. I know his mate does. Um, well, he's years, bound, later, really. years later, married my wife, obviously, or get my get my wife. She's a school teacher, yeah. right? So one of the first days in in like meeting her and talking about school and something like that, I think a couple of weeks, weird that I, I went into school to help her out or whatever. And I'm looking on this board of all the teachers. The lad who I nearly broke is a teacher at... My wife's school. I feel like I really this you came I feel like this. And then you slid into yeah. the
3: math lesson. <laughs> I went for, three. <laughs> for the third time. So
2: anyway, I don't want to tell this story, but I thought it'd be quite interesting. Break the ice. For me, so then, because I kind of came out of school as quite a shy boy, as you can see, mm, I, felt like, I felt like college was my time to go, Let, let's be let's not be Rick. Let's be Ricky. When you go in, Burberry, I think I had two earrings, two diamond earrings. My hair... Definitely a different colour, bleached or something. And I really went in to uh, make a statement. And I, I think it worked. I think Pete looked at you and thought, what a cock that guy is. <laughs> I think, I reckon you turned up in like brown, like slightly oversized chinos and a very conservative foot joy t-shirt
3: <sighs> shirt. Probably. It's probably Don A. Like. I, I think I was going through my uh, Sports Direct Don A phase at that point. So anyway,
2: <laughs> we went to college together. We met lots of friends at college. Obviously Carter, Sam Mella, um who have I missed there? They're the, they're the two main ones. Loads weren't they? I I've missed loads. There was loads of people at our college at the time because even though me and Pete were in the same year, did we have about 40 students in our year?
3: Yeah, it was quite a few. Kind of whittled down a bit and then...
2: You also had like four years ahead of us of the students that had been there already who mm-hmm. also into golf. Once we moved into second year, the year below was also into golf. A lot of the sports um, uh, students were also weirdly into golf. So it was a, it was a mad hub, wasn't it? Really, it was quite a few older
3: than us as well. Because yeah, like because like it UCLAN because it was like a national diploma. It wasn't like
2: formal like leg or like down <laughs> here. You <laughs> <laughs>
3: have to get up because it was like a national diploma. It was quite a few people in our year who were. Quite a bit older, like 17, 18 already. Bad influences.
1: Mm. Mm. I was going to go to that college and I went to go and view it and it looked really good. I decided not to, but I kind of wish I did now. To... Did you like it at my school? Um, yeah,
3: I liked. I'm not I'm not a great classroom guy. So I, I enjoyed getting out and playing golf, but like the rest of it was so-so.
2: When you were going to college, and I certainly had this mindset, did you think we were going to college just to play golf? Of course, yeah. I really thought that. I honestly thought we were going to college to literally play golf nine to five, Monday to Friday.
3: Yeah. And what did it actually involve? Oh, it's like learning to run sports clubs and all this. I'm not here for this. I and,
2: like, and like the sports psychology, nutrition and fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, what other courses did we have? It, it was like a sports course that incorporated golf elements. Yeah.
1: yeah. So could other people do it, but they would imp- implement like football as such. Yeah, so yeah. there was
2: other t- courses that almost ran parallel with each other. That would be almost be the same syllabus, but their sport was football yeah. or rugby. Were
1: golfers the geeky
2: lads then or not? Well, until Ricky Shields turned up.
3: Oh yeah, Rick really changed the perception <laughs> of golfers. It was every top. It's quite incredible. This. I told this the like fact like a one man wave
1: of change <laughs> yours.
2: the fact that I, I completely. It's uh, like
1: a, a Lynx Africa advert where all the girls just stop what they're doing and look at Rick as he struts through in slow motion. It was
2: all the football
3: lads who wanted to knock my head off. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you made so many friends in the football. Like, <laughs> so many friends. Yeah, it was. I think everyone. I think everyone literally in our in our class by the second year ended up looking the same. Like everyone had bleached hair. Everyone wore a visor. See? What year what was, was this? Can you, you remember? Seat.
1: 2001
3: and 3? The uh,
1: 2001 no. and 2? Two. No, it was 3 and 4, I think. That was a big era for golf, I Did you used to gel your hair and then put your visor on and then when you took your visor off you'd have like a good flat bit at the front but all spiky? Wasn't it gel. wasn't 3 and
2: 4. Thanks. Cuz <laughs> did you start dex. high school in 97? Yeah. So 90 So what year would we have finished? 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001? We would have finished school in 2001. Yeah, so
3: 2002, 2003.
2: 2004. Yeah,
3: that's how years work. Dude.
2: <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> uh, there, 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 was, there, there was
1: some there was some classes you should have attended. That's, that's why Rick shoots 73. and that, Rick it was 85, mate. <laughs> 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 I went one in the one in the bunker. I had to get out. And I got a three.
2: Yeah, maths never been my strongest point.
3: Yeah, I was watching Break 75. Scratch your head a little bit. I wonder know, why I you. got paid ten, to ten grand count counting in them all months. Going
2: that was 95, but it says the scores. Are I think one of those shot
3: clickers out. I was like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, but. I, I For me, college was the biggest life learning experience ever. Mm. Like For me, I grew up, I made a lot of mistakes. I grew up very quickly at college. Uh, we went out a lot. You, I didn't feel like, I don't remember. You were, You definitely came out, but you weren't one of
1: the regular out-outers, were you?
3: It was just Wednesday. I just came out every Wednesday, went to Tokes.
1: So I was like, like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's because you, I was the same, uni, when you live out, you still want to go out. Sorry, when you live at home... It's, you don't you don't get them spontaneous nights out as much as exactly. you're at home yeah. chilling and like, you're coming out, pizza, like, oh, I'm going to get the bus into town whereas you're all there on it. Yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday and
3: every occasional Monday, Squires.
1: Back oh, in shout. What was a Wednesday like then talking for a Wednesday night out? 50p oh, a it's pint. So good. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. it so, disgusting. Like, so would you
2: meet us at college or would you, would you meet in I town? meet in town, yeah. So for us at college, we let's say it was eight of us, right, I used to have a number of a taxi driver who would always do this ridiculous deal so it was something like return. let's say 20 quid return right and there's eight of us so that's like little over, each. little over 2 quid yeah. yeah right so that was your that was your taxi money sorted then if you got into the bar was it before 10 or maybe before 11
3: uh in Squires? yeah no in toks oh um like yeah it was open from like 8 so all of us were queuing up like trying to smuggle in like pidge or joppo in the middle like two two lads who were older than us who looked like
1: twelve. Really? So, so you weren't old enough at this point, were no, you? So did you have fake ID? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I, I, no, I of could course tell we that, did. No, we I were just saying this for effect. Of course we were old I could it. tell a really funny
2: story about the fake ID. Do you remember the story about no, the fake don't, ID? No,
3: no, 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 don't. I'm pretty sure that was a criminal offence. If right. okay, a driving licence or a passport, don't say it. I think the statute well, anyway. limitations have probably shifted <laughs> by now, but like, just in case. Okay. It was good, though. It, yeah, worked, I mean, it? it, it was literally a widespread fraud. You don't
1: condone underage drinking no okay thank you and nor do you pete either
3: no but we're <laughs> we're, we're, from, we're from the we're from the north of england like it's uh
2: so anyway yeah college i mean it's probably not painting college in a great light here but we'll talk i think to it's nice, accurate though. nice positives as well uh, times must have changed it can't go on like this anymore
3: it, it's a great facility now and to be fair i don't think we took because it was quite a new course i don't think we probably took advantage of the actual classes that were on available but now they've got a massive indoor kind of short game area and Smart,
1: Jokes aside, then obviously you've both done unbelievably well, so I'm sure it doesn't matter too much. But now you're older and more mature-ish, do you, do you look back and think you'd wish you'd done more with the educational side, the practicing side, or are you just happy you had a good time?
2: For me, it's hard for me to regret anything because I honestly I felt like at the age of 18, from that 16 to 18, I'd lived life, like really lived it, going out loads, having a great time. And I felt like 18, I, I'd, I'd got it all on my system and I was ready to work for me like, are you the same
3: pete yeah I, I, I wasn't no interest in going to uni like, that was that was it for me that was so like, then
2: that was that was almost our uni like, yeah. i felt like then at
1: 18 i wanted to get a job and i wanted to start my career yeah because that's the thing when you're 16 it's quite young to be thinking what you want to do when you're a grown-up isn't it and your, your life choices but equally on the flip side like you have let your hair down blown off the steam to get into work. Then did you move down to the midlands pete at that point Didn't yeah you? i went
3: down to shropshire I was this for yeah.
1: golf at this point?
3: It was for a lady. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, which which worked out well. Um, yeah, so... This isn't the
2: lady you with now. No. This is another no,
3: lady. No, no, no. Yes, this is another lady. Um, Pete's had many ladies. <laughs> I was just trying to keep track. Um, uh, Monday, Tuesday. I need that, I need that quicker. Um, now, I basically... Because I wanted to do my PGA, so mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to just do quick, appear, All right, isn't all right? I can throw it away anything. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. No, oh, you're good. I can throw it Um Yeah, I wanted to do my PGA, and when you want to be an assistant, you just need an assistant's position. And there was one going down in Shropshire, and my ex had family down in Shropshire. So ended up going down there. Um, that situation didn't last overly long, uh, but
1: then stayed down in Shropshire for like,
3: 10 years before moving on. Did you have to get up? your
1: own place and stuff then? Because I was quite young. We were 18 at this point, And then you went off with the girl. Well, the girl thing didn't work out. So then how old were you at this point? Like early 20s? or what? Uh, No, nine, 18, 19. All right, so you had to get your own place then. Or what? Yeah, well, yeah. That's
3: quite a big move at that age. Yeah, I, to be fair, it was good. The, the place I was at, the um, Shropshire, there was a group of like 10 to 12 of us, like bar staff, waitresses, and pros, assistant pros. And we are all the same age. And it was it, it was basically like being at uni just with a bit more money
1: kind of coming in. Oh, my days. It
3: was great. I absolutely loved every second of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, getting my own place was, it was
1: horrendous. Um, Did you share with these people, in like, a flat or a house or something? No,
3: I got a a flat in Wellington in Telford, uh, which was above, like, a fish and chip shop, and it is as glamorous as it sounds. I had, like, one pane window, freezing in the winter, boiling in the summer, didn't have a bed. It was great.
1: Didn't have a bed. No, I slept. slept on on the, I
3: slept on the floor for like two, three years. I kind of just got used to it.
2: Oh my god! Why Lord. you got bad back?
3: Probably. I got a bed. So my parents came to visit, and they took so much pity on me. They're like, "Right, we're gonna get you a bed. We're gonna get you a bed." So we got a bed, put it up in the flat, and then literally within a day, I'd broken it.
1: How did you break the bed? And I Pete? would love that was lady number two. <laughs> And I would
3: love to say it was. Me being uh, absolute romantic. But it wasn't. It was uh, my mate power slamming another friend onto it. Okay. Yeah. And then it was propped up on books. Wow. Oh, my God, word. you've really been through
1: the grind. So then...
3: <laughs> makes me a man.
1: How did you then end up from being in Telford to being back up to Trafford, which Why, is where obviously then you got re I'm not, right, reintroduced, but re... What's the word I'm thinking of? Reconnected with Rick, possibly. Is that the right re, phrase? Well, Rekindled. Because... At college like because pete again lived out of college we
2: obviously knew each other but it it wasn't like we knew i don't know we weren't like because you didn't live in you you real like close close friends lived in where you kind of connected more with the friends who lived out didn't you really like natalie lived out didn't she and you kind of connected with her a bit and then we obviously crossed cross paths and stuff so you were i feel like we're missing a big part there because when you were down south you then moved out of golf as well didn't you
3: yeah, yeah, so I went into, so I did. I finished my PGA qualification and I was working in a shop, doing a little bit of coaching, but it was, it the, the whole shop environment for me just wasn't, it wasn't going to work. I, I couldn't see myself in that situation. What club were you at there, sorry? Uh, so I was at the Shropshire and then I finished my training at Lillishaw Golf Club is that a football thing Lillish or is that different it used to have the national like what St. George's Park is now yeah used to be there I've heard loads of footballers went there to study didn't they as well yeah so it's like a massive sports center there I think the national archery centers there and like gymnastics it's an amazing place and the course is really cool it's really nice it's only short but the back nine's blasted through trees it's it's lovely like it's a it's an amazing summer evening course um and but I I just didn't want to I just didn't want to be in that shop environment and I'd been doing some kind of articles for some golf magazines, just on equipment and stuff, and then ended up doing some journalism qualifications and getting a job at a paper. So I was a daily newspaper journalist for like three years.
1: And would that be about just things that have happened in the area? Like, Yeah, the only thing I
3: didn't do was sport. Oh, right. The only thing I knew anything about.
2: Name, name me the do. maddest story you had to write
3: about. Um, oh, God. Um, There's been a few... Um crikey. Right. What time does this podcast go out? uh, Um, We can bleep if necessary. so I mean there's quite a few situations where I, I kind of put myself in a dodgy a dodgy place, um, with some people who probably weren't the nicest in the world just to try and get some stories. But probably the best the best example I can give of what it was like, and this is what it's like for a lot of daily kind of local to regional journalists. Um I was working in like the main office which covered a lot of Shropshire and like I was doing well, and they basically transferred me down to the Ludlow office, and that's in the south of Shropshire. It's very countryside. And they said, right, no one's really there at the moment. You go run that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm my own office. And then the last night I was on call, and there was a big fire at, like, an old building in Telford, and it was an arson. So I went down there, like, it was on fire, fire brigade, fire brigade with there, and I saw this guy standing outside like looking at the building like really upset and sad so i went over i said are you all right it turned out he was the owner of the building so i got like a full interview off him like you're there with your yeah, paper honestly this li- is great this is gold oh, honestly being a journalist turns you into a horrible person at times and i was like really please tell me about your upset <laughs> come sit down anyway got the whole story and that was like it's front page it was amazing next day i was down in shropshire and i was like, uh, down in ludlow and i was like oh man this- I went down there, got a phone call from news, the news desk, and they're like, oh, um, are you on your way to Ludlow? We've got a story for you. And it's just happening now if you want to get over to it. And I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, cool, where am I? So, well, just outside Ludlow uh, on the A49, there's a cow loose. We need you to go get the story. Oh, my God. Of a cow
1: oh my being goodness.
3: loose on a road.
1: <laughs> and I was like... What, what is the story
3: there?' <laughs> exactly. And I, 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 I was still quite young. I didn't feel like saying... Well, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to ask the cow? Like, what am I meant to be doing here? It's like making YouTube content. Yeah. so I, How can I make this into a video? <laughs> so I, I was like, chased this cow around the country lane to Ludlow. I couldn't find it.
0: And what that was like hell?
3: that. And then I spent a year down in Ludlow. And then by the end of that, it was... It, it was clear it just wasn't. It wasn't going to be. Was funny. it
1: because it was a small like countryside? The little things become big stories. I a cow loose. became... I mean that's not going to happen in London or something. That's not going to become a headline story. A cow's loose is it? But the no. little stories become bigger because of the smaller place.
3: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And there's like a lot of local politics, and it was, it, it You know, it, it's very. It's a nice representation, really. Sometimes what happens on social media, like a little story within a little community. Getting really big, everyone getting angry. That sounds familiar. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. And it was like, oh, it was so funny. But yeah, I the it it taught me a lot. I definitely grew up a lot and I, I definitely had a bigger appreciation for what being in golf is like. Like the last the last story I I did, which it basically made me quit. There was a um a lad, young lad back from uni and his family had a farm in South Shropshire and he was helping fix um, the grain silos, so those big ones. Mm. And the roof collapsed, and he fell into the silo and basically drowned in the grain. It's like quicksand, just drowned oh in the God, grain. Oh my
1: God, that's horrible.
3: And because it was my patch, newsletters was like, whenever someone passes away, um, you need to go out to the house and try to speak to the family so they can give a tribute and you know tell you the story. It's a horrible, horrible job, like doorstepping people like that. And... I was basically driving up to this farm. It was in the winter. It was snowing. It was bleak. I got into the got into the yard. All the lights were on the house. And there was a dog out in the yard, like freezing. And I got out of the car and I was like, oh, "What am I doing here? Like, what am I doing here? This is this is not what I want to do." So I just drove back and gave a notice him. and then worked at a driving range down there. Still not sure about what I wanted to do, and then job. I don't know how I heard of the job at Trafford actually um i'm not sure but it was it was, it, it was definitely advertised yeah yeah definitely I, advertised for the position i maybe saw in pga and it was at the time my mum had um fallen ill that time i just wanted to be kind of closer up north to the family so and i knew you were there and carter was there yeah so it was a case of like who you know not it, was, you know. it was very much who you know yeah
2: so uh <clears throat> quick question on journalism then have you got a, is there a, like a clip you know when you've got that front page that say like written by
3: Peter Finch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. yeah, used to collect them all, yeah. I used to collect them all.
2: Because that's the only real recognition a journalist really gets, isn't it? Like, just that little bit of yeah. a nod at the end of a story.
3: Yeah, front page byline, yeah. Do
2: you think, like, that's where, like, I don't know why I'm talking about journalism, but just, like, it's got, like, national-wise, it's why there's so much pressure on these paps and these journalists to get these, like, headline stories, like, when they're, like, harassing, like, Matt Hancock's wife when he's when she's... Co- like, there's a lot of pressure, isn't there? Lot mm-hmm. of, like, you've got to get a story, really. It's a bit, a bit of a nasty kind of world to live in really isn't yeah it? It,
3: it is it's not it's not great i think a lot of journalists like i'll, I'll have i have a lot of sympathy for them because a lot of the times they're just sent to cover a of story course.
2: it's not their choice
3: is it really no and like you know it's completely off topic but a lot of the a lot of the very best journalism it, it's not done like that you know, the best journalists and the best stories they take weeks to put together of course. and certainly from a from my point of view i was like given like a morning go get the story i oh yeah. god
2: Anyway, I remember. So when we were at Trafford, <coughs> so there was there was four pros at Trafford, Carter being one of them, me, uh, director of golf
3: Pete Styles. I'm
2: trying to think whose job you took, James so Hopkins, Adrian's. Adrian or James? I think it was
3: James. I think they left quite close together. Yeah, very I close. I think it James.
2: So there was four of us, but the facility got busier, much much mm. busier at Trafford, and it was opening for longer hours. We started to open earlier in the morning until it's later at, at seven, night. Didn't seven didn't seven it? in the morning until ten pm. And basically, there was room for other pros, so we put this job advert out. And I was working quite closely with Pete Styles at the time, trying to try recruit a new new person coming in. And um, we had the CV that got put on our desk, and from Peter Finch. And and um, Pete said, "Do you know Pete?" And I said, "Is it because there was a couple of Peter Finches? And you've had this, you've had this issue, haven't you, over the last few yeah, years?" Yeah we have got to come on to the, the story of the Peter Finches. I was like, yeah, but is it our Peter Finch? We're like, we're not sure. The real Peter
1: Finch. I was like,
2: me and Carter going, is it the Peter Finch we know? I'm not sure. If uh, did we message you? Did, uh, there I was something. Remember, yeah. Anyway, you came up for an interview, and it was pretty much a given you were going to get the job, and obviously you, you joined the team, and uh, the rest is kind of history, obviously, with, with stuff with YouTube, because at the time, what
1: year was that? Do you remember? I can't remember. I think this was. Probably seven years ago. No? I think it was 2013, because I stopped working at the American Golf. In 2013, and I feel like you didn't work there when I went at the American Golf, but because I used to come in because of Nike all the time, you were there. If that makes sense, it was
2: yeah, it was 13 or 14. maybe early 14.
1: Because
2: 13, I hadn't really started YouTube a little tiny bit because that was the year I got married. I remember being on my honeymoon releasing videos weirdly, but it was very, very loose. But 14, I kind of kicked it up a little bit more. So it might have been 14, um, yeah, and you joined the team, mm. and then kind of where did. Okay, I've heard this story a few times, but for people listening, obviously that then threw you into a full-time teaching position. Did you find that challenging at first? Did you find that quite hard?
3: Yeah, I'm not. The only problem with being at a driving range in the past was that you've got to drum up your own business. And I, I hate, with a passion, being the guy who goes around collecting baskets, stands there, waits till they hit a bad shot and be like, ooh. Struggling are we? (laughs) I know someone who could give you some lessons. Let me give you this quick tip. That was
1: me. That was what we used to collect baskets,
3: didn't you, Rick?
2: That uh, uh, That was a basket. It's a different personality, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's the
3: thing. I'm not. I, you know, if if a stranger speaks to me in the street, I have a mild panic attack. I can't. I don't know what to do. Mm. I can't cope with new people. So like that kind of environment, like.
1: Just quickly interrupting. I'm sorry on that. Do you find it weird then people come to you who are fans of the channel, and now have you got used to that a bit more?
3: I'm used to that, and I like that. Because they already kind of know me. Yeah. And that's a lot. It's easier. not
1: an actual stranger, stranger in a exactly, way. Exactly,
3: yeah. And, okay. and that's why.
2: You've been drummed in your, into your stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because
1: you got shot in Bolton as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Scared him off.
3: I tell you, rough streets up there. Um, but no, whenever, and certainly this was the same with coaching, once YouTube had all started, when people come in who've like watched your videos, it's like you already have something to talk about yeah that's oh, so much easier
1: even that little bit of like oh your video last week we did that was good there's something to talk about isn't there some level of like something that you've got in common i guess yeah
3: mm-hmm. yeah And there's always a whenever you coach a new person there's always that like awkward getting to know people phase mm. and what youtube really did from a coaching standpoint it kind of took that away because like by the end of certainly at trafford like it was clients either that i'd had for a while or new people coming in to watch the videos so it's just so much easier. Quick question
1: for both of you then, actually I've never thought of this before. I know again you don't either you don't really coach much now, but because you obviously had or will have but had large followings when you were coaching, did either of you ever feel any pressure when people came in because they thought, Rick, Pete, whatever, you've got uh I did the wrong way around then. Pete, Rick, you've got let's say hundred thousand followers at the time or whatever. You're gonna be re- you're gonna be the best golf coach I've ever seen. I've been to see five coaches before. You're gonna be the best. Did you ever feel pressure to almost no, perform? That, that
2: was the best.
1: Did you like that? Because they,
2: they almost you could have honestly. There was so much trust mm-hmm. with a student. Does that not come with pressure though? No, because I think with trust you can you because you're going to tell them the right information. Obviously,
1: you're both really good coaches mm-hmm. and just how out would it, feel. It's,
2: it's that it's that idea that as Pete just alluded to a minute ago. When it, when a, a somebody comes into your teaching bay who've, who knows nothing about you, not being recommended to you, let's say. Because that was a big thing. If you've been recommended, you have trust. If it's someone completely cold coming into your bay, you had to really warm them up. Overperform almost. Yeah, and get them to love you. Get them to understand that everything I'm telling you is going to be for the benefit of you. Everything that I'm going to help you with. But there was always a level of resistance for someone cold until they saw some proof that you know what you're talking about. I felt like people coming from YouTube or being recommended... You don't have to prove that. I could say to them first swing, right, this is this tip's going to help you become unbelievable at golf. Stand on one leg, spin round three times, and hit a golf shot, and they'll go, okay, yeah, I'll do that. But- and because they had so much trust i say that was an example of I wouldn't say that, but because I had so much trust in what you're saying, it kind
1: of it, it works. Yeah. They want did, it to work. And were you the same, Peter? Do did you ever feel like a bit of kind of pressure almost? Or
3: No, no, oh, me and Rick used to have like competitions about how, how silly things we could get people doing, <laughs> how far trust would go. Um no, it was it was the same. I think like Rick alluded to, it was whenever you go for a lesson, generally, unless it's a very simple thing. Generally, whenever you change anything within Torn swing, there's going to be a moment of awkwardness mm-hmm. and there's going to be bad shots. And what the video certainly allowed you to do is say, now listen, just stick with it, give it 10 minutes, and it'll be better. And they've that, 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 trust? that trust, yeah. yeah that so they just stick with it a lot
2: more. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit like if you had a tradesman come round to your house that had been recommended from, you, from your mum and dad, like... You're probably not going to question their work, really, because
1: no, I get the only thing I was thinking is a silly analogy. A tra- do you mean pressure was, on the actual it tradesmen was, them it themselves? Was more, yeah, it was more like yeah, you feel, but, but but then at the same time, if someone recommends like a nice pizza restaurant and it's got an Instagram followers, it looks good, and you go, often you are you love it, but you might think, oh, I didn't know what you know, you almost yeah, I, know I didn't you know mean. if anybody ever. I don't know. It felt hard. That you think like, this guy. He's come two hours from uh, Newcastle. I've yeah. got to be good today. I think that's. I think that's the only
3: time. That took a little bit of adjusting and getting used to is when people started to come in from a long distance. So people started to come from Scotland and eventually people like literally flying that must in feel different, different it has to. It was, it was, it was strange, and, but you just, get, you just get used to it.
2: Yeah. The, the only thing I found more challenging, towards the, certainly towards the end of coaching full time or teaching a full diary, they're obviously coming in to see you, to see Rick or Pete from the video. Right, So you're full on, that's who you are. But sometimes after 12 hours being that person, that energy, it's hard to maintain. Mm. So sometimes by the back end of the day, they're expecting Rick at 10 out of 10 energy level because that's what they see on the videos or Pete at 10 out of 10. But by the time you've coached, you've... you've...
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees, promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full turns at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: been at that standard all day long sometimes you get to the final lessons you like you might only be six out of ten personality wise energy wise of what you normally are and you feel like i need to really try and up my game here and that that was something that was quite taxing for me in the end like i get home and i was i I didn't want to talk like literally i got home and i didn't want to talk to my wife like because i'd been 10 out of 10 rick all day and that was the hardest thing it was that energy level really
1: one of the things that you said i kind of know your story on this rick but i'm interested to hear from pete your lessons became towards the end less of a lesson and more like almost like a red letter day people could come to meet rick shields have a rick shields experience when did that start happening for you pete like i'm guessing it was the same people almost still come to get better at golf obviously but the more come and see the favorite youtuber and meet you in real life and get a picture and shake your hand was that probably the end of trafford or the the quest days or Um, it ever happen
3: yeah that was maybe a little bit more towards when we had our own place um but to be fair i didn't I didn't really. I was very much in kind of coaching mode all the time, so I didn't really, I didn't really see that. Mm-hmm. I even if it was getting that feeling, I would probably always steer them more towards their actual golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they if they just wanted to talk, that's fine. But it's kind of like, well, you know, just see with some, see it some shots. In. I, I
2: certainly. I remember this guy who came from Germany or somewhere, and he booked in for like a two-hour lesson because we had the online booking. He just booked in the diary. And uh, he turned up and he was dead excited. And it and literally, we spoke for 40 odd minutes of the two hours. And not my, I didn't, I wanted him to get on the mat and hitting shots. And uh, I kind of, in that discussion, I'm saying, Oh, where have you come from? He, I've come from Germany. I was like, All oh, right, why? Well, so you're here for the, for the week? You're here for family? He went, No, no, no I've come for today. Mm-hmm. God. Right. So yeah, I flew out this morning. I hired a car from Manchester Airport. I've driven up here to come and see you. I've got two hours with you because I couldn't book any more time in your diary. I drive back home to Manchester Airport tonight and then fly home. And I'm thinking, we've just used forty minutes <laughs> because you're. Ch- you, he was asking me about YouTube, asking me about what well, the next not video is. For a lesson, though, well, absolutely. that's it. That's, that, that's where it became and and it got to a point where we were getting quite tight on time. We've been chatting and he was love- He was enjoying chatting, so it wasn't as if I was trying to force it on him. And I kind of said, right. We, we probably do need to start doing some work here. Like, what do you want to work on? You go, right. So now, cause I've got you for two hours. I am thinking, not anymore. Like you've got me for 30 minutes. Now I want to work on putting, chipping, driving. I want to get more distance. Could you just, could, could you just check my shaft on my irons? Like thinking, Oh my God. And that, that was the point was me is like, I need either need to change my model. I can't let people book in for two hours coming from Germany or I need to kind of ship, shift what I'm doing really. Cause I didn't feel like he was getting the full benefit out of it. I felt like I wasn't giving the service I wanted to give out of it, but it was kind of weirdly no one's fault,
1: really. Question, again, for, I got a question for the purview. Yeah, it's good to hear you both together, and I'm kind of putting words in Rick's mouth here, so please feel free, Rick, to, to jump in. But I think over the last couple of years, Rick is still, you know, you don't coach people one-on-one, but you make videos for online that thankfully help hundreds of thousands of millions of people. But you're a golf coach, but you've almost become more like a golf coach personality I would say and I think would you kind of agree with that from your your own you wanted to I think for you Pete again you obviously have massive following and a personality but I still think or certainly I've got the impression that and this isn't a bad thing by the way that you want to be still known as a real authentic coach and I know you brought a book out like 12-18 months ago do you still feel now that you've got your team on board and stuff and you're growing in more of a media brand do you want to be more that kind of personality or do you still want to be a really kind of authentic coach who's in the same conversations as some of the, the real, real good guys. Um I guess you can't do both, yeah I, I d- imagine.
3: I think the best way of probably explaining it, I would like to I would like the coaching aspect to be part of that character. You know, it sounds like I'm kind of building a character here, no, but I, I mean my my content still is very even when I'm trying to play and improve my own game, that's still based around coaching other people. And certainly when you know, stop making videos whenever that would be, I still want to carry on as a coach. So, you know, keeping that grounding in there is pretty important for me.
2: Are you, you don't coach currently? No. Are you looking to set something up to coach again? Is that anything that's in the pipeline?
3: I I will do eventually, but I think, you know, we're in an exceptionally lucky position where if we reopen coaching for, uh, reopen our diaries for coaching, we could be pretty much guaranteed that we could fill it.
1: Mm, so yeah. there's no there's no rush. There's no rush. You, just to quit on the last podcast we did then on Tuesday, um, you, you were this discussion about how coaches you think should still play to some degree, which I get. Do either of you, when you're making online coaching, feel that like you're a hindrance because you don't coach face to face anymore and you might lose that? What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but you do you think you lose that at all by not seeing people hands on it? It's
2: it's probably a good point, yeah. And, and even though I can only speak for myself on this but i'm sure people kind of bounce in for me even though i don't speak teach full-time now i did it for so many Got years the hours in the bank that, yeah I've, i feel like i've really put the effort in and and even now like we we went and played with a friend of ours the other day and, mm. I, and I coached him yeah, yeah. and i'll still coach like my kids a bit more now and even friends who maybe come and have a whack in the golf simulator at home or go to the driving range i, I feel like i'm always or, or even on instagram sometimes i'll, I'll flick through a swing and i might not be able to every time tell them exactly what i need to tell them um, through through a, online or visual. But I'm always looking at a swing going, oh yeah, that's what you need to fix. That's what you need to look at. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, even though I don't coach every single second of the day now,
3: um, I feel like I've done the, the hours. You're the, the hard same, hours. Yeah, I think certainly from coaching a certain level of golfer, I think the big difference is, and this is something that I do want to try and look at a little bit more in the future, is... You know, give me a give me a 30 handicapper with a slice, and I'm pretty confident that after not coaching in a while, I could still help mm. that golfer. Um, but let's say an elite player came in, you know, that's a different style and level of coaching, which i have not done in a long time.
1: Is that more personable as well? You've got to be on WhatsApp a bit more. Like like Dan Whitaker with his clients, for example, I'm guessing he's more he might get a text on a random Tuesday. My game was off today. Like do you think you've got to have that more relationship with them as well?
3: Yeah, yeah, you've got to you've gotta be there. Certainly if you're gonna coach like a, if you wanna coach, say, a tour pro, like that's a full time responsibility. You've gotta be at their beck and call. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah.
1: Do you do you guys ever feel like um, I know you said this when you were playing, Rick, you sometimes used to feel like some of the pros in, in local comps might be a bit like, look at these guys with cameras and stuff, which I'm sure they're probably more used to now because it's been a longer time. But do you ever feel like some of the other PGA pros look at what you two have done and almost feel like a little bit jealous and, and, and almost play it down? That, oh, these aren't... Because you sometimes see the comments, and obviously I'm completely on your guy's side, clearly, but you, oh, they're just range pros who got lucky. Does that annoy you? Do you get that much still or what? It don't, don't bother me, no.
3: I, I think maybe initially there was a there was some resistance from some pros, but generally that was just a misunderstanding. So yeah. it just didn't understand what was going on. And I didn't understand what was happening to be to be honest at the beginning of YouTube either. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just putting stuff out there and hope it worked.
1: I think the reason I say that is because Again, I know how this works, but to, to the outset, to some people, it just looks so easy, doesn't it? A video on Facebook or on YouTube, if you fix a slice, looks to be so easy. And these coaches at home might know it themselves, but actually, there's so much more to it. And there's so many people doing it now. It's such a hard market to crack, certainly if you started it tomorrow.
3: Yeah, it's, it, it was timing as well. Like, we got lucky with timing. Yeah. We were early into that space when not many people were doing it. And we managed to get a bit of a head start. And obviously, you know, it takes hard work to maintain it, but there is a bit of luck involved as well. Yeah. Certainly from my point of view, because if
1: I hadn't gone up to Trafford, I wouldn't have started any YouTube stuff. Am I right in thinking, then, back to college, that actually at Myascope, part of the course and stuff now are about this kind of career? Well, I've seen that, because
2: I've, I've been tagged in, like, posts where students from MySco, as part of their assignment, have to look and watch our videos. Yeah. And, or, or YouTube golfers in general, videos, and, and highlight how do they present the content? how How are they leveraging social media? to grow their business. I think,
3: well, it was last year, the one that the got. And the PJ as well. Yeah, the PJ well. that was the one that got mad. me. So we're all like a PJ training. That's what I'm thinking, I've actually yeah, ran the yeah. Myersco. I've seen
2: it at Myersco as well. For, for me, I, I found a little bit resistance, certainly when I started playing in competitions, kind of 15, 16, I felt very much not welcome there, just because, who are these buddy jokers, with a couple of cameras thinking they're all that? I felt like, Ugh. but that was probably my own perception. Once I got to know a few of them, there, you know, there wasn't really that hostility, but I think, now, and I've done a seminar with the PJ. I don't, have you done a seminar with the PJ? You have,
3: haven't you? No, I'm not with the PJ. So I did no.
2: A seminar or webinar? Are you don't PJ
3: anymore? No.
2: I'm not no. with the PJ. No, Sorry. No, I, I did a webinar through lockdown with the PJ, and they said it was their most attended webinar they've ever done, which is great. I, obviously, I really appreciate that. And I can only imagine that I was only talking YouTube. I was only talking social media. I think now, if you looked at I think there was like 600 PJ pros listened in. Because six hundred PGA pros want to get better at social media, and they they want to see, let's say, what me, you, me, and you, what you and me have done, what me and my golf have done, what Crossfield has done, as many others, Chris Ryan, Danny Maud, Matt Fryer, now more recently Andy Carter, lots of PGA pros who have leveraged the platforms and grown. I'm sure I've missed someone out there and annoyed someone, but have grown and and taken advantage of it really and grown their businesses. Let's say, but you're you're dead right. I've always had this mantra and I'm sure you're the same. Like I want it to look easy. I want it to look effortless that make the videos, but we know it's not. Like we know it's hard and that the editing and the team that we have here now are phenomenal at what they do. But like that's hard to stay consistent with it for so long. I think that's a big thing as well, which stay so consistent for like six, seven years now. We've been super consistent on uploads. I don't know where I'm getting out with this story. But
1: I feel like I think it's just that it's hard and it looks, isn't it? Yeah. I think that was the thing when it first started to really pop. I think I did see a bit more of it online and, and people, I just, I, there's a bit more of a feeling as much as anything, it might not have stats to hand obviously but it, it feels to me more like a lot of these real authentic pros are so much more open to what you guys are doing and, and actually respect, probably that word respect it a lot more which yeah. they should do obviously.
2: Yeah, I feel like now if we if we wanted to, I mean we've seen it even like with David Ledbetter doing videos with like me and my golf, I reckon six years ago that just wouldn't have happened. No, no, not at all. You've no. been like, well why do I need these guys, What what's the point mm. But They've got books to sell. They've got things to promote. Like you've done stuff with Carl Morris and um,
3: Gary Nichol. Gary Nichol, yeah, yeah, like
2: again, I could imagine them being quite traditional in their thoughts, mm-hmm. but it might take time, and and they start to you know uh, um, be more receptive to to change and social media. I mean, even us having David Cannon on a few weeks ago, yeah, I couldn't imagine that would have happened bar the fact that actually there is an audience there. There is there is a following, et cetera. Oh, it's interesting. don't quite
1: know where well, I'm going with that topic, but... It's just how perceptions change, isn't it? And and how it, it, it will continue to do so. And there's always... Like, even now, I don't know how you feel on this one, Pete, but, like, TikTok's become a big platform. And there's some guys who have, like, quite big followings on TikTok, and that's their kind of main platform. And I still don't massively, massively get it. I do to some degree. But they're going to be, like, the next generation. And yep. it's always evolving. And hopefully YouTube survives forever. But there's always, this, this, you know, there're probably guys out there who are doing TikTok coaching. You've now getting people coming, traveling half an hour to go and see you yeah, for an hour because they found them that. on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And it's all—I know you, neither of you two would do this for one second, I know. But people might look down on that and go, "TikTok, I can't go TikTok golf coach." But that's going to be the next evolution, isn't it? And it's, it's always nice.
3: changing. But it, it's always what people like what people don't understand as well. Yeah. So certainly, when kind of we were starting our YouTube, if you wanted to be a successful golf coach and to be a more renowned golf coach you had to be on tv or in a magazine Mm -hmm. that was seen as like the thing now it's completely changed like tv and magazines like they're not they're not the way out obviously but they hold a lot less sway than if you take in the whole social media now we're okay Well, obviously, got massive following now. You guys on YouTube, for example. YouTube, I don't think is going to go anywhere, but you never know. But you never, you never know, dear. Please don't, please don't go anywhere. It's it's like it's like Facebook as well. Like you guys, massive following on Facebook. There's not any young people going on Facebook. Mm -hmm. They're on TikTok. Yeah. And in 20 years, people, if TikTok's still going, will still use TikTok. But the kids will be on something completely different. Exactly. It's It's always new platforms. And we won't understand, like, why are people walking around with
1: AR glasses on? What yeah. are they doing? I don't understand it. Well, it's like now a very different uh, example, but, like, I don't massively still get, like, e-sports I do personally. I get it, but I don't particularly subscribe to it. I don't, I don't enjoy watching people play FIFA against each other. Mm-hmm. But that's become a professional sport yeah. now, so you have to embrace it and be open-minded hate, to it. And, so much you know, you've done there. a thing, was it, didn't you do that thing for the golf, the WGT? Yeah. There's a yeah. tournament and you, like, hosted it with yeah. Seb. Now, at the time, I was thinking, I don't really get this, but you have, you can't be ignorant to it because that's the way the world's going. And we could be, hopefully, sat here in 20 years' time, whatever, and there might be literally the E-Open, and there could be guys playing the Open at St. Andrews on the it's crazy, on the laptop, on the PlayStation, whatever, the PlayStation 10 by then, whatever. <laughs> and that's what it could be. And you have to, in this industry, stay open-minded.
2: Tiger could still win more majors. Yeah. Just E-majors. <laughs> <laughs> um, going into YouTube as well. Like, how much do you like obsessed with it like as in stats growth are you really kind of into that
3: yes but not me personally so David who kind of is my brand manager now what he's brought partly to the table is an understanding and a knowledge of those things like I can look at YouTube numbers YouTube stats and the analytics now you can delve into so deeply but interpreting those and actually understanding how that relates to what you should put out. That's not a strength of mine. I don't, I don't understand what a lot of it means, but that's what having people in position who know what they're doing is a massive yeah. advantage. Oh, definitely. It's
1: obviously, guys has such an influence on that as well for us. I think the downside to that, we do so much of it as well, but you can almost go, it can also have to ruin content sometimes. You can be so obsessive with trying to find like the right title, the right thumbnail, taking too much out the edit. It, yeah, it's a science. You are governed by YouTube. But that's, you kind of work for YouTube and that sometimes upsets me a bit. It's like, I'd love to do like a really wholesome video. you you but you've got, you've got, to, you've got to try and
3: stay authentic. That that's the key. Like we could all, we could all put out videos, which I think we know would get a lot of views and great. But as soon as you just start chasing views, that's when it starts. That's to. when it starts to.
1: Speaking of chasing views, though, that was a really good uh, segue. One of the clips we'll probably use from this video is you two falling out. So there's been a lot of. Um, I'll start this fresh, so we've got it as a perfect clip. Um, there's been a lot of people asking. Have Rick Shields and Peter Finch fell out? We see it on comments pretty much every day. Like, yeah. Every day, I would say. Ricky, somewhere two hands. <laughs> and, Ricky <laughs> two you have got two hands, Rick. Yeah, that's correct <laughs> that would help. Um, he counting's improving. <laughs> yeah.
2: Though, yeah. <laughs> Ricky knuckle fists. <laughs> <The> new one. <laughs> now,
1: there's people asking every day on Rick's platforms. I see it on your stuff. Pete on Instagram, on Twitter. Every time you post a video, or, or, or either way, it's when you're playing with Pete. When you're playing with Rick. Let's I'm just settle this now. And also we didn't help ourselves after last week's podcast with, you know, the open <laughs> fiasco. Um it have it you two fell That's out? A good word.
2: Have we fallen out, Pete?
3: I don't know, Rick. Have we fallen out?
2: We have not fallen out, everybody. That's news to me.
1: <laughs> the uh, fact that pete rang me when he got here this morning so he was here and didn't ring you i don't think that's my number uh, <laughs> I, changed, I
2: changed my number last year and i don't think he's got it <laughs> uh no not at all i think because obviously we spent so much time together back in the day and, and i think that's where maybe there's a we work so closely together like we were we were at trafford together We obviously moved to lyden together set up our own academy we moved to um burnley together set up our own academy like all the time we were with each other, so making content was very easy, and I think that's where possibly the things have changed. We've grown differently in, in directions, in business, and growth, and teams, and expansion. And then once the kind of academy kind of fizzled out, we weren't there every day because what was mad? We went through a time a period, certainly at Burnley, where we literally never saw each other because we coached on different mm. days. So, like, I'd coach, I can't remember the structure now.
3: It's only a couple of days a week, one at each. Like, on different days. Yeah, I'd coach maybe, I can't remember, you Thursday, Sunday,
2: and people were there Friday, Saturday, and I might film there Monday, and you might film there Tuesday, mm. because it was one bay. We literally never saw each other. Like, right. and I think that time of period, everybody felt like because we had the academy together, we'd see each other every day. But because it was only one bay, it's literally how they ever got a chance to see each other and i think just over time it's it's funny with with friends and certainly male friends i always feel like some friends of mine I've, i don't see for like five like five years maybe mm-hmm. but as soon as you kind of see each other again you're like if you remember oh and you have beers and you have a laugh and you have a joke like hopefully this podcast has come out today sometimes if you don't see each other as often it just doesn't happen like that does it no and i think you might say me wrong you might say <laughs> no i bloody hate you no i
3: no, I think you're right. Um, no, you are right. I think it's obviously easier, and certainly I've found this with, with my lads, it's just easier to do stuff when, you, when you're together. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, certainly over the last kind of 12 to 15 months, physically, a lot of the time, I've not been able to get together with people. So mm. that obviously puts another spanner in the works. But I think the fact is that the content that we film has also changed. So a lot of the stuff that we did film together You know, three-part course vlogs, you know, film kind of once a week play. they'd be put out. I mean, they were easy to do and easy to film and edit,
1: but we don't really do those Well, if if we're being honest, and they have a massive following those course vlogs, and people will be, again, commenting below saying how much they missed them, and I'm sure you guys are going to do more in the future, different styles and stuff, but... You hit the nail on the head, they were easy to do. Mm-hmm. You had the other guy who could hold the camera when you were hitting the shot. It was three videos for that week done, three on your channel, three on yours. Your content was almost ticked off after yeah. an afternoon's work, really. Yeah. And as you've both got bigger followings and your content has to be so much better, you know, you've got more people watching. Productions just... got better. Yeah.
2: And, and I feel like now, kind of course vlogs, it's kind of, it's the lazy content sometimes. It's the easy content. And we saw it from stats, and again, going back into stats, it's not, again unfortunately from YouTube it's not the thing that really pulls in the the mass views or the it's not really, is it? And certainly when it, you break it up into three parts
1: and stuff like that. Mm. I think the problem we've got now, and we need to just do something about it, but like because you've not filmed together for such a while, when you do, it's got to be a good video and a good idea. I don't think it could really work, because just like going and playing nine holes randomly. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be... I think the
2: first one could be. Well, yeah. Because because nobody's seen it for so long. And that's the other thing, like, it's it's what is the idea? Because I think the one of the last times we filmed was at Formby.
3: Yeah, I think that was last time.
2: And... That was when we did it with Matt, mm-hmm. and weirdly we did like three challenges, but each challenge was different. Mm-hmm. So they did each, well on views, didn't they? Each one separated. The time before that, weirdly, was at Formby, and we we did a challenge where we played with three clubs, mm-hmm. and you had that dice, and you brought the dice, and <laughs> that was a different challenge. And that it's that kind of like that angle, like it's it's got to have purpose when we had the big match in Vegas that was good like, that was the match that was like something that people really built up to and we kind of had that the beef and the and the and the, the tension beforehand and like even secondhand club challenge people love that obviously I think with the secondhand club challenge a lot of people like it's got to be a time as well where series finish and it and I'm a big fan of series finishing when they're doing well yeah because there's nothing worse than flogging a dead horse and trying to keep making them all the time so I just think it fizzles out
3: yeah no i'd agree with that i mean listen and we've also got to say you know you're obviously terrified about playing me at the moment and that's perfectly understandable you know it's what they say about hammer hand shields whatever you're calling yourself so all right then the fear is the fear is real right now
2: let's have a match okay but let give me a little bit of time to prepare can i set a date
3: a little bit of time just hey, just all, all you do is play golf. And every now and again break 75. Let, Mate, I shot 79 in my last competitive round. You're you're better than me. At that the is moment. true actually. I think you should actually give me some shots.
2: That is true. I probably would I fight for I think the start fall, of yeah.
3: August would work. I'm very busy in August. <laughs> I'm sure you I'm are. I'm
2: very busy in August.
3: Mate, <laughs> hey, I, I know I know you're going to be busy, hiding. Give me give, give me health. till December.
2: <laughs> I I'd, I'd go September. September. Yeah, sorry past August.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. one, That's <laughs> calendar. the calendar. Kid, the kids are back at school. It at the moment. September. September?
2: Yeah. Gives me that gives people look at something.
1: My Come, birth is September. It could be my birthday treat. Um let's not <laughs> say it on the podcast. This is the podcast you're saying it on right now.
2: But have you got a venue in mind?
3: Um I'll pick the date you pick the venue. Frickless listen, man. I'm anywhere, anytime stick some holes in the concrete for all I care mate
2: and we're going to uh, what was it called the one that we used to play all the time is it even shut down now Flixton. Oh,
3: Flickston, Flickston. Oh, now mate <laughs> Royal Flickston's still there Love uh, Flickston. No, we'll,
2: we'll set a date we'll go somewhere and let's have Rick versus Pete the match two yeah. okay. September pay per view think... for people listening we'll take yeah. it off YouTube we'll put it on Thriller <laughs> yes <laughs> underneath the Logan Paul what, th- um, I think 30 pound of views decent
3: uh oh, I'd say that's cheap.
2: Yeah.
1: 20 eighty twenty. We've gone to an hour again, by the way. That's, we're an hour already. Um, any other questions? Yeah, let's just so basically thanks again, Pete, for coming on today. We've oh, done two he? podcasts. It's been really good, really um kind of insightful. Next week's podcast will be back to normal. So if you've got any emails to send us, maybe it's a dear Rick, maybe it's a nightmare golf shot or a stupid golf rule, email those to podcast at rickshields.com. Um uh, but yeah, we've got some questions on the Facebook page which were, for Pete, oh, we've, we've had some with loads. Um, How many shots would you beat Rick by?
3: Oh, God, crikey. I don't know. Like, over... Ooh,
1: over 18 eight, holes.
2: Over oh, 18. It's supposed to be quick fire this.
3: Oh, right, over 18 holes. Well, it takes a lot of calculation. <laughs> I'd say, at the moment, eight to nine. Okay, fair enough.
2: What? You're not going to beat me by eight or nine shots? I
3: don't know. I mean, in September. Bear in mind, that gives you time to prepare. It gives me time to prepare as well. Uh, I'll let you have a little yeah, shot, shot at me, Pete, because wow. uh, what do you think
1: of guys' trash talk?
3: Um, yeah, I think it was uh, it was it's an interesting conversation. You have to watch
1: the last podcast to oh, figure that out. Yeah, it's
2: not his first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> um, do Rick or Pete miss teaching one-to-one lessons?
3: Uh, yeah, I do. I think there's a lot of other stuff to keep us going at the moment, though. So I do miss it, and I will get back to it eventually, but... I'm the same. I, I
2: do I miss it, but I miss doing it full time. Like if I was doing it full time, I'd love it again. Yeah. But doing it like sporadically it's just so difficult to manage.
1: Andy Clark has said, what do you like to do away from golf and YouTube? Eat and drink.
3: That's my main hobby. And what the dog And I'm really good at it.
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's actually favourite Scottish golf course? Ooh.
3: Whoa. Well, Royal Aberdeen, I think. Still, what's that
1: one you played the other day that looks sick? Dunbarney. Is that really that good?
3: Really nice. Yeah, That's class. Really
2: Where cool. is that by the way? Saint right Andrews. Why didn't we, we go? We were nearly going to play it because we did Kings Barnes instead.
3: Yeah, it's just over the hill. Um, um should I, should I What these do you see as the end goal in life? Um oh, Just maybe not in enjoy life. Enjoy yourself, really.
2: <laughs> let's go. Let's go. End goal for.
3: It is a tough
1: question because I don't really. Know no answer. end goal is
2: there. End goal for Quest for the Open. Win the Open. Yeah, win, win the Open. That's a good one. <laughs> the um,
1: This is a bit more of a serious one, but a good one. And we probably should have asked this earlier on. But uh, does Pete think all the training, fitness and speed actually help on the golf course? Quite interested to hear your thoughts on that one.
3: Yes. Um, certainly, kind of when I was, that, that was my main focus when I was doing the Whoop Fits. That was like a real concentrated effort and on the course it was paying off. And then I did, I did, I did this believe. A video with Bryson's grips and that's what set my wrist off and after that I couldn't <gasps> do as much do you think you hurt your back though doing the ridiculous swing speed training not my back no my back is a uh, well do you know remember I always said I got injured at football it's the same place in my back oh really so it's still like an ongoing issue For about 20 years or whatever yeah um this
1: when is someone, really
2: when someone did a slight tackle really <laughs> heavy <laughs> question so I might take the new
1: really kind of a uh, deep question this one from Norman Terry uh, how do you maintain that level of pure sexiness?
3: I mean, moisturize yeah. pretty regularly. Um, don't shave. Just do are you still perceived to have the best golf swing on YouTube? I'm not sure "perceived" is the right word. I think "recognized."
2: <laughs> who do you think swings it best on YouTube?
3: Uh, I don't know. Probably, probably George Bryan. I would have said.
2: Who do you think? Sure. Who do you think is the? So do you
1: think he's the best YouTube golfer?
3: I would have thought so, yeah. Got, I'd say him. Bryson
1: DeChambeau now, actually. started uploading. Oh, he's, Who, yeah, he's not, not got nice yeah. swing though, has he? <laughs> Who would
2: you beat in YouTube golf? Question
3: by Anonymous. <laughs> Richard, Richard Shields. <laughs> in, in YouTube golf, I'm confident that I'd beat everybody on my given day. Uh, to be fair, I think you're
1: good. Uh, the, the guys in America are yeah. good, though, aren't they? Like Mika and, or Micah. I always get his name wrong. Yeah, Micah. Um,
3: it's, it's, it's a tough thing with golf in it because it's, it's like heavy, it's literally just on the day Question,
1: I'm question and that's the last one but on a serious note now do you believe I know this isn't about a dig but most people think they're better at golf than they are because I do I think I'm better at golf than I am and I hold my hands up in my head I think I'm off scratch and I'm not
3: I'd, I'd say one thing which is good about the new handicap system that'll actually show it up if people are playing regularly the way that that works I think that gives a much truer reflection of where people are at yeah I think that'd be good. Obviously, you need to give it a little bit of time.
1: Probably after this year, you'll get to know a little bit more. But I think that's a good measure. Do you think with golf, though, it's because, like, at my home course, I've birded every hole and I've eagled quite a lot of them, obviously, over years and years of playing. Flex. No, I know, but I know in my head, it's obviously not, I'm never going to shoot 52, clearly, but I couldn't, well, it's 53, I could shoot eighteen in the par, yeah. but it's not going to happen. But then, it, do you get what I mean? It's kind of like, you know you can do it, but... I think a
2: handicap as well. We've discussed like a handicap is a snapshot of you on a on a good day. Yeah. Like you shouldn't play to your handicap all the time. What What do you guess your handicap is right now?
3: Um, I think I did a video on it last year, year before, and I think it was like was it plus two? Was that was with saying? the normal the old one? That was it was it was kind of like a bastardised version of the new right one. I, I I did it in a way which made sense from all my other comp results, um, but I don't know. I, I think. I mean I'm a I'm probably a plus plus handicapper, but I don't know I don't know what I'd be. Yeah. But a lot of the young young kids now are plus six, plus That's seven. That's the thing it's, Crazy, it's,
1: yeah. it is, it's ridiculous. Handicaps do become irrelevant at that level, don't they? As long as you're low enough to get into like British amateur or whatever, it just becomes irrelevant. There's loads of questions, some of them are quite long. Are we are we happy with those so far? Or anything else you want to? Um there is a lot of good ones, a lot of a lot of Would you lamp Rick from Liam Crowther?
3: Would I lamp him? Yes. That's a good I like that terminology. I mean, let's, I mean, let's see how September match goes first. Yeah. I'm
2: ready for this.
3: Only, you're ready for two months away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready, I'm going to delay 60 days. Give me two months and I'll be ready for this. Scott Fryer said, what do you prefer, hitting a stinger or seeing Guy back making the coffee behind the scenes and playing darts? <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> mm. Stinger. That's um, nice. a stinger yeah never mind uh, I had enough fit last couple of weeks I'm going to quit I was actually going to quit the podcast last mm-hmm. week I've said this about three times but then I decided to uh, grow up a little bit and if you say things online you've got to be
2: that's a, a frigging double his salary it's just to keep him on
3: oh no it's a tactic well we chatted about it
2: yeah now, this is all we, we discussed this two months
1: he ago he's a very good friend of mine I'm going to write a cheque to £15,000 in a minute and my new salary of four hundred grand a week
3: I asked the Oprah to keep it quiet I actually got through both qualifying stages I, I, gave Harry, I
1: gave Harry Kane a little call and said right you want to leave Tottenham what do you have to do he gave me some tips and there uh, yeah, we go
2: well that's been good uh, September something for people to look forward to I feel like you can't, you're giving me like death eyes now. I'm looking forward I to it. I feel like he's going
1: to go back and grind his ass off now and give you a good I'm not releasing too. any
3: videos for like two months now. I'm going into the cave. I'm, I'm
2: glad I motivate you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's going to batter me. I feel like you're going to
1: walk out of here now Peter. and Rich, like why the hell would let me do that? But I'm loving it. I'm kind of stirring it a little bit I've really. Like,
3: I, I think you need like, to cut, cut that from the podcast I, I'm not playing against it. I think you need to reassess your game. I you think, think I should play in
2: competitions again?
3: If you want to. I mean you don't I won't say you, you
1: missed out to. what caused you to quit. The real elephant in the room, sorry, but genuinely, lumina, 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 yeah. yeah. That was what hundred percent.
3: Oh yeah, no, no, hundred percent. I, 100% I that made you quit. I was there. I saw. I saw the disintegration of a golfer. Honestly. Actually,
2: after the round, I said to Pete, "Should I an R? or what do I do here?" And I went in the clubhouse and they said, well, if you went high, you forgive your prize money. I was like, oh crap, I've got to (laughs) to do two more rounds. (laughs)
1: Keep it going. That was 100% what caused you to quit playing pro because I ended up on Golf WRX. It ended up everywhere. And you still get it today. For me, it was that idea that
2: (laughs) I don't even know why I was so out of practice. In my head, I wasn't doing open qualifying. That was it. So like, Mm. I think that was in February time or March. I think it was Feb. (laughs) And from July the previous year when I did open qualifying or June, previous year I'd played no competitive golf and so it's like six months out of competitive mm. golf and then thrown straight into that I was like
3: ah I don't know how to play golf anymore yeah. under competitive so standards. Tough one at Lumen as well because it was the first round was on the the tighter course I can't remember right, it was so it was hard called. but anyway
1: that's why I quit. I had on the great run it was quite easy though really that couple of days. <laughs> the practice it round played it.
3: ridiculous. Mate honestly I think I played I think,
1: so good in the practice round.
3: I don't think you give yourself enough credit for the fact that you're a good golfer, but also that you could be a really good golfer. Oh, thanks, mate.
2: I also made the mistake of getting a bit drunk the night before that
3: losing a pro. Wow. Well. Losing a pro, of course you were. Everyone, I think everybody was. Two my fair, hands are like this I on think, the first I, team. I think the playing field was completely level because, <laughs> from what I saw, there wasn't anybody on water that night. Did <laughs> that one of the Swedish teams where we got in the morning at seven were
1: smashing the pines? Maybe didn't have enough. Maybe that's what it was. Have more. That's what Pete does. That's what it Bladded is. Bladder before he plays. It's the secret. I would. I would like to because some bit of me misses it, but too much of it doesn't. What about then? If you beat Pete, if then you enter a pro tournament. Okay. What we're we doing it? We're doing match play. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, listen, if, we, if we're going to have a day of it in September, we can make a few videos. We'll have stroke play,
1: match play. Your apology video when you beat, able yeah.
2: to You should put my foot I've
1: got to get back in Pete's good box. So.
2: Um, great. Awesome. Thanks, Pete, for coming on. We'll get everything done. Um, September. Oh, oh, buddy, we'll pardon. do a
3: post My hands
1: are actually sweating. We'll do a podcast afterwards. Got my hands sweating.
3: Yeah. So, what? Well, no, I think I think you'll be fine. I mean, how we should be able to have crowds back by then as well. <laughs> yes, mate. Imagine that we'd have hundreds of people there. That'd be class.
1: On the Rick Richie's Boom. Get down into
3: those comments. Would you come and watch? Oh, no freaking jokes. the match. match our, two close. Mano and Mano slugging it around around the eighteen balls. I,
2: I only lost in Vegas because that family came and watched them like fourteen. I mean, I might have been quite heavily down in the match, but. From that point, yeah, went to Ratchet.
3: But well, you could also say you had the best up and down of anyone in the planet when they came to watch. Oh, you pretty well. good, right?
1: That's been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, email us, rate us five stars, um, give guys some love, please. Please, my ego's really hurt. And we'll see you soon.
2: Thanks, Pete. Good luck with everything. No good luck with cross for the cross the open. On. Be nice to see you get through regional
3: qualifying. <laughs> yeah, nice to see you out on a golf course. <laughs> 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 right. sweet.